So often we go into relationships, whether personal or professional, without some understanding of human behavior and how to critically define and identify red flags. And that can be influenced by a number of things. The desire to feel loved and accepted, the desire to not be alone or feel lonely, lack of access to information and insights, and of course, being caught in the web of manipulative behaviors. So many people have shared how they have started dating someone who was the most amazing partner in the beginning, and then they suddenly changed and felt like a stranger. The workplace also has its own version of this type of experience. Hello and welcome to a new episode of The Workplace Revolution with me, Sile Bolani. Joining me today is Nomfundo Machele, an entrepreneur, mother and yoga enthusiast. She's passionate about issues of domestic violence and victim empowerment. Nomfundo has run a boutique corporate communications and experiential events business for seven years with 15 years industry experience. She enjoys the thrill of setting up new businesses. She's also a lover of art, music, fashion, exercise, nature, cooking, gardening, and is obsessed with reality TV shows. Nomfundo, hello and welcome to the Workplace Revolution. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Before we get into the meat of this conversation, won't you just talk us through your career journey and how you got to where you are? Oh, wow. Um, it's, I've had a very unusual um, career journey, and, and it's, it's a combination of, um, of luck, uh, of resilience, and um, just sheer determination. Mm. Um, I started my career off, um, I, I suppose, I, with, as with most black professionals, you know, with junior, um, junior positions. I've worked as a waitress, I've worked as a receptionist. Um, but um, what really put me on the path to my, um, to my current journey was starting off as a, um, a personal assistant to a, um, a head of events with the city of Johannesburg, which then um, moved to um, being a coordinator, an events coordinator for um, a, um, a broadcaster. Um, I worked for uh, Prime Media Broadcasting as an events coordinator. Then I moved into um, the corporate space um, and worked um, in, a, in, a, in the agency space as well before setting up my business. Mm. And what, a, what was that experience like? Because, you know, it's one thing to be employed and you, you're not the one worrying necessarily about making sure that there's money in the business. But when you're running your own business, it's a completely different experience. Um, and you've been running your business for seven years now. What has that shift been like for you? And what are some of the things that you've learned about being in business? Um, traumatic at um, worst, uh, but incredibly empowering at best. So mm -hmm. it's it's really it's um, it's I haven't quite found the balance of 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 plain sailing. So when the highs are high, they really are high, and when the lows are low, they really are low. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, I was fortunate that um, I'd always known that I wanted to run my own business. And I, I was fortunate to have um, my first client within six months of leaving um, formal employment. Mm. So I didn't really have to worry about um, about finances, you mm. know. Um, and and, and um, I've, 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 I've had repeat clients who come constantly because of the, of the um, kind of experience we try and give our clients um but with covid mm. events are not are, are prohibited by by government regulation mm. um so there aren't any events you know so and and that's the kind of reality we have to deal with so it's 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 incredibly tough mm. um but it's incredibly fun you learn so much about yourself as a human being, because um, business really is about that. It's, uh, it's not just about money. You know, mm. money is a byproduct um, of, of, of being um, an entrepreneur. It, it, it comes when it comes. But um, I, I've learned 
how resilient I am as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how impatient I am. You know, I've I've had to really study my own um, makeup as a human being, mm-hmm. um, and and come to terms with my own weaknesses. You know, um, and marvel at my own strengths. So it's it's really been incredible in that way. It's it's been a beautiful journey of triumph and failure and. Um, um, and, 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 and success and fun and um, exposure to worlds that I wouldn't normally have access to, you mm-hmm. know. And for people who aren't familiar necessarily with what um, a, 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 an agency or a business that specializes in corporate communications and experiential events does, what is it that you actually do? <laughs> you know, I try to find that to myself quite constantly. It's hard because it changes with its client. Mm. Um, um, but generally what we do is um, clients um, uh, have their strategy of, 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 of what they want to achieve throughout the year, mm. right? Um, and they want to communicate to um, to various stakeholders internally and externally mm. using different methods. So our, 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 our um, business falls within the marketing function, mm. right? But it sort of spreads across HR, it spreads across um, um, exco executive management, it, it spreads across various parts of the business because a business is, you know, is, is, is a whole entity made of different uh, parts. Mm. So generally marketing... Um, um, managers approach us or communication um, executives approach us and say, listen, this is what we want to communicate to our stakeholders. And we want to use the tool of um, experiential events. So events that engage all of our stakeholders' senses, really. It's about mm-hmm. the experience um, of being um, in our client's space. So mm-hmm. that's what our clients would say to us. Tell these people what we want to tell them while making sure that it's creative and fun. Mm. Basically, that's usually the brief, right? Mm. Um, so we go away, we take the brief from clients, so they'll say, um, we want to make sure that um, our government stakeholders know that um, our, we are investing in the country and we need more government support. This mm. would be a brief, for instance, right? Mm. But we don't want it to be a hard sell to them. We want them to think that, to, to know the entirety of our business. Mm. And we would go then, take the brief, go, and um, our team will strategize. Um, we have a creative team and a production team. So the creative team will come with a creative solution to this problem. The production team will put together a cost and um, a production plan. Mm. We go back to our client and we present uh, presented as a creative presentation and our client will either say yes or no or they'll ask us to make changes. Mm. So it's really just finding a, a creative solution to um, to clients' um, strategic goals. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. I know it sounds like marketing speak. It's it's uh, it, <laughs> and I don't I, I don't like making it sound like marketing speak. I, I'd like to make it as simple and as easy as possible. So we provide creative solutions to what our clients really are trying to achieve mm. or trying to communicate. Right now, you deal with a lot of different types of people and different types of personalities, and different levels of understanding um, in terms of what the the best solution is creatively in order to meet uh, business objectives and particularly when you're dealing with clients who are very kind of left-brained um, and don't necessarily have a creative bone in their body it can sometimes be a hard sell um, when you are working within the creative space and I know I've experienced it as somebody who was within that space but within the corporate environment um, having to convince stakeholders <laughs> that your creative solutions are the right thing to do for their business. What are some of the skills that you feel are absolutely necessary in this kind of space when dealing with stakeholders who may not necessarily understand the environment that you work in and the service that you provide? 
Um, we've been blessed. Um, our, our, the majority of our clients are corporate clients. Mm. So people who come to us are people who know what they want already, mm. right? They don't know what they'll get, but they have a very good sense of what they want. They've come through the ranks. Um, they, they, they have um, specific tastes, um, and that's what, why they come to us, because we, we, we offer um, a very specific kind of service. Mm. Um, so they, when they come to us, they already have a sense of what it is that they want, and mm. they'll partner with you to sort of navigate their internal corporate politics, mm. right? But um, um, so they'll, they'll, a really good client will guide you, mm. will protect you, will shield you right mm. um and, and and generally that first meeting is with the one client and then they'll bring into into the meeting uh people um who are as supportive of um of their vision as um as they are mm. so the first meetings are generally um not about they're not antagonistic so you, the, the, there isn't much push and pull mm. um it's usually um subsequent meetings where then everybody else gets to join in. But that information you already have been given by your client. Mm. Um, to say that TEPO in, um, in procurement is going to ask you about your BEE um, status, is going to ask you about your tax certificate. Um, so your creative um, solution does not matter to TEPO. Mm. TEPO wants to know whether the company can afford, can, can afford the budget. Mm. Um, and why is um, a video production of the company's vision costing 20 rand in t- instead of 4 cents? Mm. So you need to be able to justify that. So you need to have a really good sense of your own product, um, production process mm. in order to to table. To say, well, a video production requires a cameraman, requires a... Um, a camera equipment requires specific kind of lighting. He doesn't care about the actual uh, equipment and that, and that kind of detail. He wants to know why it's 20 rand. Mm. So once you're able to justify that with your own knowledge of your own production process, um, I find that it's it's easier to communicate. So understanding your own business and, mm. and actually um, having, I find, I find confidence mm. in your knowledge. Because Seppo can't argue with you about things that you produce. He can't tell you that it, that video equipment doesn't cost 12 rands. Mm. Do you understand? But he will argue about, but he, he'll try and convince you to make it 10 rands instead. Mm. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's a deep understanding of your own business and, um, and, and, and a level of, and I don't want to say um, arrogance, but a level of confidence in what you have to offer. Mm. Um, that you don't get swayed um, either way, mm. you know. Um, and 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 in the track record where you know that you deliver to your clients, where you build trust in them. Mm. So um, you you have to have multiple skills, you know, um, being able to speak to the uh, to the marketing team who want to see the beautiful, shiny, gorgeous venue. Uh, the excellent food. Um, so you yourself have to have a specific kind of refined taste, mm. right? Um, uh, you have to have a specific kind of language um, and the knowledge. So curiosity in order to speak to the marketing team who are a lot more creative mm. and, um, and, a, and, and a logical mind. I don't know. I don't like saying a logical mind, but a, a, a more black and white type of thinking in mm. order to speak to the guys in procurement. Mm. Um, so I find that a combination of, of, of those things um, really um, give you a, 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 I don't know, it's a sort of edge um, compared to, to, to competitors and other people and really not to worry about them as well, not to worry about competitors and other people focusing on your own, um, on your, on your own abilities rather. Mm. Now there's so many conversations now and particularly, you know, in the past year since COVID hit where people have found themselves reviewing their career choices and the uncertainty of the future, uh, leading to more and more people really starting to question what's next and is this where I want to be and is this what I want to do and what are the other options available to me. 
for a lot of people who work in this kind of space, they've either studied marketing or comms or brand management or event management, etc., etc. Um, but one of the things that is starting to become quite clear is the importance of having transferable skills um, to enable people to make those career pivots if they choose to do so. What do you believe are some of the skills um, that are that you would find in people who work in a space like yours that would be transferable skills that they would be able to use to change careers if that's what they choose to do? That's, that's, a, that's a really good point because it, it's something I've personally had to grapple with, mm. you know. Um, and, 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 and I think the, 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 the pandemic took us all, it literally was a, a rug being pulled from, from under all of us because mm. no one saw it coming. Mm. Um, so it's having to make decisions um, on the spot where you don't know what, um, what what what's going to happen next. So I suppose adaptability, you need to be adaptable. Um, mm. um, the fortunate thing with um, the kind of skill in our space, marketing comms and eventing is, 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 is because you work on singular projects. So you, you do one project and move on to the next. Mm. Um, um, and, and then generally it's high pressure. So you have, um, really great, um, 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 you know, you can think on your feet. Mm. You, you're able to, you have incredible um, adaptability um, and you're exposed to multiple crises in, a, in, a, in, a, in any given moment. Mm. So there's crisis management. Um, there's, you're able to speak from um, one level to the next flawlessly. You know, mm. you move from speaking to the cleaner about wiping the floors up to the CEO, uh, preparing them for a presentation. So um, it's, um, you know, um, uh, easy. What's what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, easy, it's just uh, easy communicator, you mm. know. Um, executive exposure, which matters if mm. you choose to go back to corporate, if, the business doesn't, um, you know, has had a, a serious slump, mm. um, and 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 being able to project plan—that's mm. a really important skill. Um, it, it, an event is really about the project planning and less about the day. You know, the day really is a result of uh, the months of work that go, um, that goes into. Mm. So you collect multiple skills throughout um, your career, and and I think they can all be. Uh, Packaged and 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 um, and moved into different. You know, it's not like being a neurosurgeon, um, mm. because from being a neurosurgeon, you can't a surgeon. You can't. It would be difficult to go and work as a lawyer, for instance. Mm. You know, so um, it, it's not the work in marketing and comms is not as specific as that. And, um, and uh, it, it, you're able to move across different levels. Um, with ease, mm. uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's very specific to human, to, to, to individuals, but I, I find that I'm, 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 I'm I've become a lot more adaptable mm. um, in, in, in my career because of, of the space I'm in. Right. Now, we've engaged numerous times on social media <laughs> about the issue of narcissism (laughs) (laughs) we yeah and you know the the interesting thing for me is has been in observing the numerous conversations that happen around that topic is how flippantly almost people kind of attach that label um, to when they're describing people and their experiences around them but very few of us truly understand exactly what makes a person a narcissist and what those behaviors are like. So what is a narcissist? Because I know this is a topic that you're very, very passionate about. I am. I am. I'm, 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 I'm just naturally curious, mm. you know. I'm a naturally um, curious human being. And um, I think during the lockdown especially, um, I, I was able to then, because it was downtime for, mm. for, for, for us, for our business, 
um, I was able to just take a step back and 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 um, and, and just learn this this thing that I didn't understand. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm not a clinician, mm. right? So um, mine is really about um, a lived experience with this beast, mm. and less about um, being able to diagnose. It. Mm. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I can't diagnose as a clinician, mm. but I can um, I, 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 I can sort of talk about the patterns mm. of behavior of um, people um, who are narcissistic. Right. You know, because we've all come across them. Mm. You know, you don't have to be a clinician. To say um, that if a child's got, it's got um, is, 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 has a, has a fever, you don't need to be a doctor to say mm-hmm. that. You'll just tell by running nose, by temperature, and um, and being fussy. So uh, people who've come across people with NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, will tell you about the patterns of behavior that are confusing, mm-hmm. and that's the first thing about being around someone who's narcissistic it's confusion mm. you don't understand you, you're constantly like what the actual fuck just happened mm. you know you don't uh, so the first thing is you're not you really are constantly just confused so now someone with narcissistic personality behavior, um, disorder is someone who is incredibly self-obsessed mm. right um and, 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 and it's not vain, it's not vanity, mm. yeah, just vanity, but they are so self-obsessed. Um, they, are, they have no grounding in reality, you know? Um, everything, they literally live in a fantasy world. Mm. So everything they do is like this weird, bizarre kind of world that they create for themselves that other people must then fit in. Mm. Um, and if, if, if you come across someone like that, even as a brief interaction, you will always leave just unsure of what just happened. Mm. What, 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 what I found is, is helpful is looking at patterns of behavior, mm. of being manipulative, because narcissistic people are incredibly brutal. So they're incredibly manipulative and bossy and bullying even the the the, 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 the meek ones are really they, it's all about getting what they want whatever that takes mm. if someone with npd wants a um you know it's simple thing you know like it something you have a piece of clothing you have mm. they will make sure that you don't feel worthy of that item of clothing or you feel so bad for having it that you want to take it off your your, your body and give it to them. Mm. You know, so they're incredibly manipulative and they are ruthless in order. So they'll do whatever it takes to get what they want. Mm. You know, um, so this level of self self obsession, where um, you know they've been de- described as having no conscience, so they have no fears of doing what it takes. Mm. Of if they have to lie, to manipulate, um, to con people. Mm. To, to in order to get what to achieve their goals, mm. you know, um, they are people with NPD that, that are that I've personally come across, um, and speaking to other survivors, um, they'll tell you about how um, grandiose they are. You know, they, it, it's this idea. There's a, there's a sense of I am the best thing in the world. Like mm. I am the best in my field, whether or not they are, is immaterial. But they they have the sense of self that is so grandiose that is not based on anything real. Though mm. they've just manufactured it in their minds. There's a sense of, um, but also there's a deep sense of 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 of, um, of um, insecurity. So you're constantly having to validate this person. Mm. Um, as as great as they say they are, but you're working so hard to validate this person. There's also a, um, a manipulative um, sense of victimhood. Mm. Really good at playing victim. Mm. They are just, uh, I, I, you know, I always want to explain to Ms. Tosa, must don't. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're erratic in their behavior. Mm. They are abusive. Um, they are just immature and nasty and just badly behaved. Mm. And when called out on their behaviors, 
they then play the victim. Mm. Um, so I hope I've summed it up. But there's a, there's a, the biggest thing that stands out is the, they have no conscience. Mm. So um, they, it's this ability of I can do whatever I want and people will let me, will forgive me, and they like to test boundaries. It's almost like dealing with a, uh, a, a four-year-old in, a, in, a, in an adult body who has who doesn't care about what the consequences of their behavior is, um, the consequences of their behavior are, or even if they recognize what those consequences will be, it's, it's fun for them that, uh, that they, they cause harm. Mm. They take joy in harming others. It's a, it's a sagism that these people have. Mm. And in terms of the workplace, because obviously, you know, it's not just in our personal or romantic relationships that we experience people like this what are the ways in which it can manifest itself in the workplace particularly when you're dealing with people who may have uh, narcissistic tendencies who are for instance your boss or someone more senior than you in the workplace and you feel some sort of disempowerment as an employee what are the types of ways in which they show up at work um, oh my word! I think most um, um, re- regular people have come across um, these kinds of, um, of, of of either colleagues um, and bosses mm. and, um, and and even subordinates. Mm. You know, it's like it, it's this. So in a boss, it would be uh, they play favoritism. Mm. You know, where in a team. Um, the boss will choose one person that they really like mm-hmm. and they will find one person to torment and torture, mm. right? And it would be constant criticism um, of your work. It would be keeping you out of the loop where you don't know what's going on. Mm. Um, it would be gossiping about um, the person. It would be about trying constantly setting you up, you know, where you feel like um, you're not... Um, good enough, mm. and, um, and 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 it's not that you're not good enough, but it's because the work that you put out first, you don't have enough information um, to execute the work, and the goalposts keep changing. So you're not sure where where, where you are. You're constantly um, unsure of of, of of the even when you know yourself to be excellent at what you do, mm. there's, um, there's this self-doubt that they, they, they put in you, right? Mm. Um, so it's nitpicking, you know, it's things like that. They, 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 they'll be mean to you for no reason. And it's the, the, the tough thing about it is the victim who experiences this thing feels very alone because the boss is loved by everybody. Mm. He's charming and kind and warm, or appears to be all of that to other to, to, to other team members. Mm. But to this one person, and they really are nasty. And you don't then you know you feel unsure it's that, that 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 confusion then creeps up again where you're like, but he's so it must be me because mm. this guy is nice to other people. Or no one is going to believe me mm. because he's the, this man is 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 is, is, is meek and he's humble. Mm. So, how do I even begin to um, to 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 report this thing? What will I say is happening mm. if someone has criticized a, a, a presentation you've made? That's not a train smash in a work environment. Of course, you must take criticism, mm. right? But uh, um, so, so you you feel like you're being petty for wanting to report it, mm. right? Um, and 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 even when you do, people you stand the risk of not being believed because people will say, "Of course, he's your boss. He must tell you, correct you when you're not uh, when you're not delivering." Mm. You know, so it's that, um, and and it's done intentionally. You know, mm. where you're isolated and you're the only one who experiences this. Mm. Yeah, because they know that no one's going to believe, or they hope that no one is going to believe, mm. uh, to believe the victim. Um, it's, it's, it's things like, 
you know, um, you the boss will invite everybody else in the team to a bride, mm. and um, and you don't go. You hear about it on the Monday when mm. you go to work. It's things like you get woken up, at, you know, you get called at all odd hours because narcissistic people have no boundaries. Mm. So they'll call you in, in all sorts of hours and give you while you're sitting at home or, or refuse your leave, uh, you know. Um, it's just where they literally make your life a living hell in the work environment. Mm. And, um, and, and, and they hide it so well so it's it sort of sits in that middle of no it's work related mm. but it's inappropriate does that make sense mm. Mm. um so the biggest um the, the biggest thing is really um for for victims um is is, is noticing how you feel mm. um when 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 um when when you interact with someone mm. and secondly it's trying to keep a record you know that thing when we all start out working where people say keep a record mm -hmm. then you keep a record because allow being able to do that allows you to trace a specific pattern mm. you know where you email back thank you for your call at 4 a.m this morning mm. you know um you keep your own diary um, or logbook of what um, of what this person says, but generally it always comes right at the end um, that the victim starts to say, "No, something is really not right here." Mm. When a lot has already happened, mm. and um, at that point the victim is emotional and angry and upset, obviously mm. because these people are trying to provoke you constantly. They're trying mm. to get a reaction out of you. So by the time you speak up and speak out, it's it sounds so ridiculous that it's it, it doesn't make sense to to anyone, and you don't know how to articulate it. Mm. Um, and you then stand the risk of really not being believed. Mm, absolutely. Now we live in a country that is infamous for its violent very, very violent culture, society, um, particularly towards women and members of the LGBTQIA plus community. And you're very passionate around issues relating to domestic violence. What have you learned about the complexities around domestic violence? Mm. Oh, I could spend all day with you on this. Um, it's the biggest thing in domestic violence um, um, matters is how hard it is for victims to articulate what they've gone through. Mm. How many victims, when they do articulate what they've gone through, uh, uh, feel like no one is listening or hearing mm. and how difficult it is to get support um, from society and from institutions mm. um, and how completely um, worn down um, victims of domestic violence um, get um, before they even start to seek help, mm. you know, um, and how insidious it is that it's, it takes a long time um, for the victim themselves to realize that they are in a domestic, um, in, 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 in an abusive um, relationship. Mm. Um, so it's 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 just the insidious nature of domestic violence and mm. how things that are trivial are used by abusers to completely degrade, disrespect, and, um, and, 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 and um, weigh down victims mm. and how gradual this whole thing is. I think that's the biggest thing that it's, um, it's so gradual 
that um, by the time the victim realizes, they, they, they sense in the beginning, victims really um, can sense the red flame. Mm. Um, but because of the gaslighting, it takes them a long time to really figure out that, listen, there's something is not right here. And then how, how there's no language mm. to define it um, to the victim when they are experiencing it. Mm. Afterwards, then, you know, victims are incredibly smart, are incredibly resourceful, are incredibly talented. Um, it's only afterwards that then when they start to do the research or listen, what have I just experienced? Mm. Then they come across um, 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 uh, things that start to, you know, where, 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 where the experience starts to make sense. Mm. Do you know um, if, if that makes sense? So um, for me, it's lack of support for victims mm-hmm. um, and, and, and how difficult it is to find integrated support mm. and knowledge available um, firsthand to victims because there's usually issues of, you know, um, there's usually legal issues, mm-hmm. there's usually financial issues, mm-hmm. um, and there's usually um, um, a need for some kind of emotional support. Mm. And a, an environment that, I, you know, where um, a victim can just go and get a resource of that nature in one place. Mm. It's really difficult. So victims really get sent um, from pillar to I spoke to a woman who said to me, I wrote to everybody. Mm. I, and when, when someone says I wrote to everybody, I believed um, where um, I myself have gone through um, I've probably had to send hundreds of emails to my to multiple institutions, and you get no response, mm. um, no support. So for me, the biggest thing really is um, is how little support, institutional support, there is for victims, and also because the victims try to make sense of what they've gone through, so they repeat because it's quite traumatic. Mm. They keep repeating. Um, you know, they talk about the same thing all the time. You know, they talk about the experience all the time that friends and family get tired of, mm. of hearing this thing. Does mm. it make sense? Mm. Because the, the victim then sounds like a complainer. Mm. So people just, you know, they lose the social support because people don't want to keep hearing about this thing. Why, you know, just move on. Why don't you just move on? Why don't on? you leave? Mm. You know? Um, and it's not about the victim not wanting to move on. It's about the victim trying to to figure out what just happened. And, I, and it's been so much and it's been so long of this whole thing happening and this person won't stop. Mm. And I don't know what to do, mm. you know? So, and, 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 and the friends and family, really, I, I, I don't want to blame them so much themselves don't know what's going on. Mm. You know, they're just coming across this traumatized person who repeats the same stories all the time, mm. you know? Um, and and and, and, and the, the perpetrator would usually also try and isolate the victim from their own support. Mm. So they will start, um, you know, bad-mouthing them to friends and family, mm. you know? And when, and, and when the victim comes out all traumatized and and emotional, they really sound irrational and unhinged. Mm. So it looks, uh, it looks believable, you know. Um, um, the, the the perpetrator will try and um, and and sabotage the, the victim's um, finances, you know, mm. um, where they start to talk smack about them at work um, to colleagues. They'll, and, and 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 these people are highly dangerous, so they'll stalk colleagues and find their contact details and start lying about the victim. So there's a risk of losing work for the victim, mm. you know. Um, so they isolate them financially and sabotage their work. Um, many victims lose their jobs um, mm. when in domestic violence situations. Or the, vic- the, 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 the abuser will say um, things like, no, you don't need to work. I'll take care of us. Right. So the victim spends all the time um, in the relationship, building a home, taking care of the kids in many instances, um, running um, the home and making sure that that's stabilized. And the, 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 the perpetrator is the breadwinner. And when the victim leaves, they haven't worked in 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. And they have no finances. 
because that's what they first do. They um, try and control your finances so the victim doesn't have their own independence. So it's um, so it's like financial, and then they squeeze the victims through the courts, and the victim can't protect themselves because they don't have finances to hire attorneys. They don't have finances to. Um, um, you know, they have to choose whether or not they go to court or go to work, mm-hmm. you know. Um, their bosses, you mean, you take um, three days a, a, a month to go to court, um, what does that do to your leave? So there's a lot of, um, there's really very little, um, there's, there's great institutions that do amazing work, but this, the victim really battles to find support socially, and institutionally, so mm. the experience is isolated. Absolutely, and you know we we live in a world where, in particular, and you know we see this all the time, where when victims do eventually find the courage to speak up about their experiences, there's a lot of disbelief that they're exposed to, um, and particularly when they are speaking about abusers who have a high profile, it then right. becomes the issue of who versus dealing with the what, the actual issue, the actual aggression. So with that context, what do you think it'll it'll take to change this culture of violence that is so pervasive in our communities? Sure. That actually will require social scientists, I'll be honest. I don't think... um, it's it's a whole restructuring of of, of society um, that that needs to um, that needs to to happen. So it's it's it, it cannot be a simplistic kind of um, of, of take. Mm. But um, um, generally, um, for me, if society could find ways to support, because also this the, what is strange is that um, abusers are not only men. Mm. You know, um, abusers can be both genders, mm. um, and so it's it's finding a, a society building enough um, within itself to support victims, mm-hmm. um, and 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 be in society being intolerant of mm. antisocial behaviors, mm. being taking a sort of no, um, um, no. Um, What's that word? Where not a zero tolerance approach to antisocial behaviors, mm, mm. Um, and 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 it starts um, in a home. You know, mm. it's not just society in terms of large groups of people, where children are taught that um, um, mistreating others is not okay. Mm. You know, um, where empathy is displayed in a home and taught in a home where, you know, children experience love and warmth um, throughout um, or for most of their childhoods because um, abusers are bred in childhood. You know, it's mm. trauma that they've experienced themselves in their homes and they really think that their the only option in, 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 in solving problems and get, or getting what they want is bullying and manipulating and abusing others. Mm. Um, so where it, it's really it starts on a micro level in a home, and if homes fail to raise that, society then um, has to you know find ways to correct and um, and um, meet out consequence mm. to abusers. Abusers get away with a lot of what they do because there's no consequence. Mm. Society just does not give consequence. In fact, society says, uh, you are exaggerating, mm-hmm. uh, but he will lose his job, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but so there's a lot of, um, what, like you said, um, empathizing with abusers. So it's a lot of shifting of minds where behaviors that are, 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 are incorrect are not tolerated by mm-hmm. society. But also there's, there's, there's a... There's a um, you know, being in a in an abusive relationship, there's um, issues of abusers baiting victims yes. into um, into bad behaviors, if that makes sense. Mm. 
you know, where an abuser, where a victim gets so tired of being, of all the, 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 the bullying, the, um, the demeaning behavior, the, um, you know, the constant criticism that being treated poorly, that they will lash out, mm. they will scream, they will shout, they will throw things. So the victim then looks like the abuser as well. Uh, there's a term for that, it's called uh, reactive abuse. So society then will have to recognize when something like that has happened as well, you, mm -hmm. you know. So there's a lot of education that needs to happen where people understand um, um, the, 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 the intricacies of, of abusive relationships and, 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 and the nuances where the victim is not then treated as, a, um, as, as, a, as an abuser because they reacted um, negatively to um, long-standing abuse, right. if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Now, you're raising a young daughter and in the context of this knowledge that you have around, you know, the context that can make life and relationships incredibly difficult and sometimes harmful. How are you intending to equip her to be able to navigate these risks? Oh, that's um, that's that's tricky. I'll be quite honest, you know, um, because kids are from a very young age, um, you know, experience um, other people's poor behaviors. You know, um, you know, they experience it at school, they experience it um, in homes, they experience it with family members, they experience it, you know, it could be in a restaurant that, you know, um, someone comes and does something inappropriate. So from a young age, kids are exposed um, and, and vulnerable to, um, to, 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 to abuse, you know. Um, and for me, it's, um, I've, I've I had to take different, um, and it's trial and error, obviously, but I've had to take different um, um, approaches to it. Um, first of all, it's to build my daughter's self-esteem, you know, where she believes what is true and real about who she is, that she's beautiful, she's kind, she's talented, and no one will be able to break that away from us. So to instill a sense of self that is so impenetrable, you know, that if someone tries, you know, she'll be able to say, yeah, but that's nonsensical, it's not true. It just, it, it, does that make sense? It's, being, it's then exposing her to a lot of healthy people, to having her surrounded by people who are healthy and loving and kind and validating. Um, both men and women, mm. um, so that when some someone behaves funny, they'll be able to say, yeah, but that, I don't recognize that behavior, so I won't accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, it's being able to call out in each other, her and I, my daughter's eight, to say, no, no, that's not how we behave. You are better than that. She says it to me, I say to her, you are better than that. That's a running um, um, line now where, um, you know, I, uh, I, no one is perfect, so you do something completely out of line. And she's able to um, trust in her experience and in, in her voice enough to say, but mama, you're better than that. Mm. Um, and I'm able to, um, to submit and say, actually, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. You know, so there's no issues of, speak to your elders in this way or in that way right. because usually um abusers are someone who has power so there's no you know the power dynamic with my daughter and i um is 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 is, 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 is has narrowed you know we're more a team than a um a, someone who has power over the other right. do you know what i mean yeah uh so for me it's instilling those kinds of values so that when another adult mistreats her, um, she 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 knows what to do, and I make that very clear that mm. you must always tell. Mm. You tell, 
doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter if you don't know what it is so it's empowering her with um with knowing that there's someone who's safe around her mm. that she can tell mm. um and a that person is me mm. she has other people abo makas back ba corner who are my friends mm. um she must be able to always tell mm. she must always feel like she has she will be believed Mm. because that's what abusers do they plant this in your mind that you will not be believed mm. but mm. I, it, it's instilling to in, in her the knowledge that you will always be believed mm. i will always believe you you know she gets upset if i don't believe her when she does something because she says mama you said you'd always believe <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's that it's instilling those kinds of values so you sort of uh, my thing is to disempower abuse abusive and, and, and toxic people mm. in 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 her so you disempower them instantly by sort of reversing um their tactics mm. in raising a child mm. if that makes sense mm. absolutely makes you know? perfect sense so um she questions people but she also must, must know when to get away from harm mm. you know um she she's able to get away from danger but also to also not make her life a life of fear mm. we have a lot of fun her and I. we do mm. we have um so um building a safe home environment a loving environment a kind um compassionate um collaborative environment mm. um but that also is 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 intolerant of um of unacceptable conduct mm. by my, by ourselves by our guests by our neighbors and and others who are in our world mm. Absolutely I love that and I think that will be very helpful to so many parents who are stuck with the same challenge of trying to figure out how do we navigate this world and equip our children to be able to yeah. to handle and identify um harmful behaviors before they have detrimental impacts on them. It has it has definitely been a very insightful conversation and one that I certainly hope will help a lot of people better navigate interpersonal relationships whether at work or outside of the workplace so thank you so much nomfondo for your time and for everything that you've shared with us for anybody who would love to connect with you online where can they find you um first of all thank you sisha it's been just it's marvelous it's just so lovely and i'm so proud of what you've been able to achieve I've watched your career and um I'm just it's, I marvel at what at what you've done and congratulations on on everything that you I mean you keep rising and I just be I be so thank well you. done thank you for having me um I'm I'm active on Twitter <laughs> um and my name it's nomfundo mahele um I'm private on Instagram um and um what are the social media I'm actually I don't know what that's no I'm not on TikTok <laughs> I feel like I'm too old for that but I I mean if anyone is trying to link up um they can um contact me on Twitter and we'll take it from there perfect thank you so so much thank you Sisha have a lovely day And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Workplace Revolution with me Sisha Bolani. I will see you again next time. Mm-hmm.